Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Medical Mindset Coach Podcast. And I am your host, Star Friedenberg. And I just want to welcome you back to today's episode. So if you have noticed, I have kind of disappeared off the radar for a couple of weeks, and that is not without a reason or multiple reasons. And that's just been simply because I've been studying and um, sort of when you work in the field of health, wellness and medicine, you will always find yourself on to the next thing because in my sort of work, I always find that I'll attract a next different type of patients and then they will present different type of symptoms and then it'll be something I don't necessarily know about or I don't know how to treat or I can only treat to a certain point. And then that, you know, puts me in the position where I go, well, how can I help this person? So then I further advance my studies. Um, but yeah, I think I'll always be a nerd at heart, always have been, always will be, um, and forever a student of life, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, today's episode, I just want to talk to you about the very interesting subject, um, what I have been recently studying, and which is Tibetan medicine. And the only reason why I'm going to speak about it today is because no one really knows about it. So I figured as part of these podcasts, you know, it will be inc incorporating things that you will learn about, but as well as things that I'm passionate about that I'd love to share with the world and fantastic and incredible knowledge that I think uh, people should know about, or at least if I can plant the seed or create the awareness about, I'd love to absolutely do that for you. So um, yeah, so in the recent weeks, I've just been wrapping up studying Tibetan medicine. It is a doctor qualification. So they call it a Tibetan uh, medicine physician or a Tibetan medicine doctor. It's a four-year uh, degree. And I've just qualified my first year. So it was quite stressful. There's a lot to know. And uh, why do I think it's quite different to Western medicine? Is that because Western medicine, uh, sorry, medicine for me only goes to a certain point. And when we come back to the topic about when I use the word holistic, holistic, everyone goes, oh, holistic medicine. What does that mean? Just think whole, you know, complete, you know, we are multifaceted beings um, with many layers, really. And that will obviously in order to heal someone or help someone get them back to strength or a good state of vitality or prolong their life or whatever the purpose or reason or need may be, give them a quality uh portion of their life um, so we need to address things on multiple aspects and this is again tying into the reason why I study so many things because we are so complex right whereas with western medicine people go they present symptoms doctors will say okay this is wrong with you one either we chop it off chop it out and take drugs <laughs> or you know classified as pharmaceuticals um and that's sort of where Western medicine stops, you know, and I think which I'm very, very pleased about is that the modern day doctors now or the new generation of doctors are starting to go, that's not enough. You know, NHS is starting to open up to alternative therapies, um, which is really, really good because it doesn't stop there. And that must obviously come with experience, seeing that people are not getting better. You give pharmaceuticals for one thing, then that pharmaceutical pharmaceuticals will create a new problem where you'll have to take more medication for and then by the end of your life when you're you know between 60s to 80s or 90s hopefully and 
goal is 100, as long as it's good quality life, right? Um, mistake with pharmaceuticals, because that can lead to an overdose and then again cause another problem um, that may not be reversible um, or equally could be fatal. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to sound morbid or negative, but I'm just trying to, you know, paint quite um, a realistic picture, really. Uh, whereas when we look at sort of if we go from the west to the east, eastern ways, and that can, you know, encompass Tibetan medicine, Chinese medicine, Indian medicine, um, which, you know, is known as Ayurvedic medicine, is that there's um, philosophies that one layer is not enough, you know, people presenting symptoms. But in eastern medicines, they're trying to find the cause, you know, and again, we do that through a trial and error basis of figuring out through the multiple the multiple layers or multi-layers, you know, what could it be? You say, okay, we let's try work on this, fix this. Okay, it's not that. Let's rule it out. Let's go to the next thing. But it's sort of like a sort of, I, I always make a joke, like a science experiment. You know, we have a hypothesis. We work, hypothesis, we're working something out. Okay, if that doesn't work out, all right, let's go to the next uh, best thing. But eventually... Um, you know, you either get cured or the best thing is you're so much better. And, you know, whereas in my work, you know, people, I would say probably are shocked that within, I would say a typical four to six week period of working with me, we'll see drastic improvements, uh, manage to get a part of their life back or able to have a social life or, you know, various reasons. They're able to get a part of themselves back within um, a short period of time, whereas they've been with Western medicine for years and have really become very, uh, I would say, pessimistic and negative. And um, the biggest thing I think or I'd like to say is that people lose hope. I think that's one of the biggest things that I have noticed that I give people, or I help pe remind people of, is that there is hope. There is a solution. There is something that we can do about it. And that goes back to the mind state, right? The mental health aspect. Like if you believe you can heal, trust me, your body's going to be working with you. But if your mind goes, I don't think so, you know, the doctors have said no, and this is just for life, and this is how it's going to be, you're not going to be working with your body. So, you know, again, multifaceted. Um, so going back to uh, Tibetan medicine, so... I didn't know this, and that is exactly the reason why I want to share it, because I just think it's bloody fascinating. So now that I've gotten, uh, I would say, a taste or, you know, I've dipped my toe into multiple different um, cultural medicines, so, you know, Western medicine, African medicine, uh, what would I say, of what, where else, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic, so Indian medicine, and now Tibetan medicine, you know, these are the big prominent ones globally. Um, it's come to light that Tibetan medicine is actually the most superior of them all. And I bet you're going to say, well, why would you say that? Why is that? And that's a good question. Um, and it's really because, and I'm not going to quote like, proper historical facts here i'm just going to give you the, the layman's summary of it because it's just so much easier that way to retain because you know why most people be like oh i don't want to know the exact year da, 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 da. but basically tibet um i would assume most people have a 
general knowledge of is that it's just a place where monks come from. It's very, you know, religious in a sense. People use the word religious, but it's not religious. It's just a philosophy, a way of life that they follow, you know. Um, they do a lot of uh, spiritual practices. You'll see typically a, a bold guy in an orange outfit. Um, and that's sort of where the knowledge is limited to. But Tibet uh, over the years, or say even the centuries, have gone through quite a lot of uh, political unrest. So traditionally in the eastern side of town, you know, there would be kings, there'd be emperors uh, that would be in power. But due to various reasons, people would come in, wars would take place, and they would try to disempower or, you know, get the king off the throne or the emperor off, the th off their throne uh, and dictate a new way of life. And now Tibet was extremely rich with culture and knowledge in different sciences, uh, in even inclu including astrology, medicine, um, you know, performing arts. Um, these are the three that are just coming to my mind. And the thing is that they want, when the people took over, they wanted to get rid of all of this knowledge. So really ancient scripts and texts and knowledge were destroyed, you know, which is just like, oh, that's very shocking. Um, you know, because this is knowledge that would be so very powerful, very, very powerful in today's day and age. And what came from that is that you would hear something called oral transmission. So in order to keep the knowledge alive as best as possible, it was passed down from master to student, master to student, etc. Um, so in some way it was safe, but you can't save everything, unfortunately. So the main, um, let's call it the main foundational, very deep-rooted core principle um, things were re remembered. Um but it got to a point that, you know, there would be war, then Buddhism would obviously disappear, would get destroyed, then people would practice in secret. Um, and then you'll get these things called secret tantra, so secret practices that people were doing behind the scenes so that no one would really know about it or take away the sacredness of it. Um, and then eventually a new emperor would uh, take power and in order to restore you know, the culture, the history of this beautiful country. Um, he said, uh, he would, he basically said, I would pay an extreme amount of gold and wealth to top physicians from around the world to come. So uh, from what I've read, you know, from Persia, from Greece, from, uh, sorry, from India, from China, um, you know, very, very top uh, physicians came into Tibet and taught and sort of uh, relayed the information. It was written down, it was transcribed, you know, and then in summary, Tibet, um, Tibetan medicine has encompassed, we would even say global practices and then summarized it into a, I'm going to go with the word hybrid so it encompasses everything from around the world, yet then they add their little cherry on top, which deepens because we're talking about the body, we're talking about the mind, we're talking about medicine, we're talking about behavior, we're talking about diet. Um, and then again, for those who are open to it, you know, the energetic aspect of ourselves, ourselves whether you call it spiritual, 
you know, <laughs> energetic, you know, all of these interchangeable words, but spiritual practices as well that can help heal because we're talking about karma now you know karma what is karma so people are like oh if you do something good in this life you generate good karma so let's call it like a, I always make a, a, an analogy about making it like a bank account you know you're putting plus into your account plus into your account you do something bad you're going negative into your account um, and you don't want to get into overdraft. <laughs> That's just rule number one. Because when you take that bank account into your next life or future or countless future lives is the terminology they use. Um, you want to make sure that you're going prepared rather than unprepared because you don't know what to expect in the next life. Um, so they're playing with all of these different kind of concepts. Okay, so, you know, what you do in today or what you've done before will affect the outcomes of your your health, your structure. And then when you come into, they use the word constitution to be specific. So when you come into this world, born or incarnate into this world, you now, based on your past karma, have a certain constitution. And then that karma will also uh, align you to the type of parents that you are born with because their energies in the moment of conception you know if they were very healthy or they were drinking they were smoking at a bad time in their life very stressed um combined creates you right so your karma plus their energies will then create the outcome of who you are born with as a constitution you know and we're talking just literally your physical structure then it's going forward to say okay well based on that what are you doing in this life in terms of good deeds, you know, your behavior, your mindset, your diet, um, how you're looking after yourself, all of that. And then what are you working with to enhance your constitution or doing to take away from your constitution, um, which is very, very interesting for me. So in Tibetan medicine, they say that you're born with that there are seven identified constitutions in this uh, world, if you will. Um, where you get three base ones and then you'll get a hybrid combination of each other, which works out to seven. So interestingly, someone can walk into the room and then you can just literally by looking at them and you'll do in a sense a diagnosis. You look into their eyes, you look at their tongue and you look at how their body is structured, first of all, and then you can already have an idea of what kind of disorders or diseases that they will be um or have a predisposition to or are susceptible to, um, and then be able to treat that. And then you give them the right, um, I would say, conditions, the diet, um, you know, things to change in the mind, the behavior, the psychology, um, you know, certain types of medicine, and you can get them into as best state as possible, or what we would call balance, homeostasis, Um to be able to manage and function uh, really well and with quality, you know, until your final day in this life. So I thought, wow, that's really, really incredible. So I thought, I've come to Tibetan medicine at the end of all my things. And I think, gosh, I should have done it first. Um, because it's for me a very, very interesting, um, you know, sort of thing that I'm doing with my life is that I'm very intrigued and curious about all the different 
cultural aspects of medicine, psychology. So I've gone, you know, personally and studied all around the world, you know, from different mentors, you know, very powerful people in high places and just really taking the good bits, the summaries, their life lessons, their experiences that they've passed on. And now I'm trying to make in my mind's eye this hybrid thing of what I think are similarities across board. You know, what are the differentiating factors? What's better? You know, what would be more useful to a certain patient than versus another? So it's very, very, I'm going to say cool. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Um, and I think in a way this is actually going to start or is starting to show uh, in my work at the moment uh, you know you'll call it the x factor or the differentiating thing between me and the next um, similar um, occupational uh, you want to say therapist that's working in the same line of work as me or industry um, because people are coming in with all varying conditions illnesses diseases or uncertainty about being unwell and western medicine hasn't helped and then you know again within a short period of time i can you know hopefully with the goal help you improve right um so that's really really great and you know there's so many different belief systems within the tibetan medicine culture but it's nothing imposed which is what i really really love because i would tell people because i'm born or have been born, my father is Catholic, mother is Christian. In South Africa, you're raised as a Christian, you go to Christian schools, you're, I'm going to say inverted commas, <laughs> uh, forced to go to church, you're forced to go to chapel, you're forced to do religious education. Again, these are forced upon you. Um, whereas in my case, I was like, well, I don't know what I am, but you know, you just sort of, you know, when you don't have the right to have an opinion at young age, you just go, okay, well, I guess that's just the way of the world. And then having moved here overseas into the UK, uh, it's really, really open-minded and liberal. And most people don't follow a religion. They don't follow a belief system that you can have a family who believe all in different things and it's widely accepted. Um, so even though I was raised, inverted commas, as a Christian, I didn't really believe it. Um, well, you know, not necessarily not believe in it. I do believe there's a higher power at B, but I don't necessarily give it a name, you know, um, whereas people would say God or Allah, um, you know, or certain prophets that, you know, you have to follow. It's more of a liberal approach, which I find that I completely resonate with Buddhism because Buddhism is not a religion. It's a philosophy. Just be kind to people, show compassion, try help others where you can. Don't be greedy, don't do bad things. You know, it's it's what I think everyone should be practicing, right? And you don't need to be religious to do that. And you don't have to necessarily go to a place of worship to do that because, you know, that saying, charity starts at home, you know, for example, in my case, like there is a um, practice for Buddhism that I could go to the Buddhist temple every Wednesday evening. But I think, no, I'd rather work and do good there, help people there, because I know in my heart that I'm helping. I know in my heart I'm trying to do good. I know in my heart I'm trying to be kind, compassionate. You know, if 
stranger on the streets are like, sorry, my phone died. Can you please, you know, can I borrow your phone quickly to do a phone call? Or, you know, someone, you know, for example, at the counter didn't have enough money to pay for one item of grocery. Give that extra two quid or, you know, someone's lost and help them with directions or, you know, don't always necessarily have to go out your way because most people I don't think do that um but if you can show an act of kindness or do a good deed just do it like I really really think it's important to just do it because I've noticed people have a people uh, and, and I wouldn't say the word is expectation but just sort of like a I would say a belief system that I'm a good person people should help me right And when I translate that, I go, okay, that means take, right? That's, you're a taker. But if everyone is a taker, then therefore no one would be a giver, right? And we want to look for givers too, right? And therefore we need to create the balance. So in order to receive, not receive with expectation, always receive with gratitude and humility, you should give. And ironically, you know, even though this is not a good uh, fixed mathematical equation, it's the more you give, the more you receive, right? Um, so I'm just ranting on there, but, but I do find it really, really important because I think life can be really, really hard. I really do. I think life can throw curveballs, can throw unexpected and sorry, I'm still stuttering. I need coffee today. Uh, unexpected situations, um, things you're not emotionally prepared for, trauma. You know, trauma and suffering are uh, how would I word it? Is uh, it's a guaranteed thing as part of the human life. It's absolutely certain you will suffer a trauma of some sort. You know, death is a trauma. But that's guaranteed, you know, death of a loved one, you know, maybe hurting yourself or knowing someone who's been hurt or someone betraying you or someone lying to you. There's always going to be bad that happens in the world, but how you manage it, how you make, um, you know, how you can maybe transform it into a positive thing or maybe just being the role model to not recreate those scenarios. If you set a good example, because, you know, Predominantly, most of the people, most people have children. Children are just like a literal replica, mini version, mini me of you. And you're setting the example. And then you think to yourself, well, I hope they don't grow up to be like me. Well, then don't continue being that aspect of yourself that you don't want. Be the person you want to be. Because it's that expression about fake it till you make it kind of thing. If you keep doing something or behaving as someone you want to be, then by nature and default, that's what you become, right? You got to keep tricking your mindset, keep tricking your behavior, keep tricking it until it's no longer a trick or it's no longer fake and it just becomes, you know, whether that's confidence, whether that's maybe practicing a skill, like maybe, for example, some people like, I'm really terrible at cooking. You know, if you keep making the same dish, eventually it's going to get better. You know, what it just boils down to is how much effort you're willing to put in, how much discipline you're willing to put in, how much motivation you're willing to put in. The consistency, that is the real nutcracker in all of this. Um, 
<laughs> and then tying it back to the whole theme of the subject is, this is what Tibetan medicine encompasses, right? Because energetically, when we feel good, we radiate. You know, when we feel good, we don't have stress in our body. We digest food properly. Um, our mindset is good. We have the motivation to go to, for example, gym every day or go out and see friends. And when you're, you know, with that vibe, I feel like everyone has moments in their life. They remember they were just like on fire is, you know, the common phrase used or they're just doing so well, or feel in flow. The people like I was in my flow state or, you know, we all have these moments where we can instantly go, go back like this and go, I remember then. Mm, I remember that feeling. You know, and who doesn't want to be around a person like that? Because it's just a gorgeous vibe, gorgeous energy to be around, right? Now think about it. If you had your tribe, your team, your your group of friends, and you're all like that, like that's an incredible, nourishing thing to be around. But again, it starts with you, right? You can't expect things of other people. Do it yourself. Do it for you. And you'll naturally see people around you will be influenced because when you do things authentically, with purity, with kindness and compassion, like a do-gooder, that is contagious. That is absolutely contagious. And you get people to start going like, oh, maybe I'm going to try that. Or, you know, that looks really good. Or, you you know, you look really well and happy. I, I definitely want to get some of that. I want to try that out, right? So it all starts, it all starts there. So it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. And this is um, what I've come to, I'm going to say solidify. These are things I've already seen and felt and thought for a long time. But it's nice to have now found that in a medicine, I'm going to say course, a medicine course that encompasses all of that, plus all the basics of medicine and diet and psychology, you know, because it's very, very powerful. You know, so I use the word that we work as a healer, but a healer can be interchangeably used as a doctor, um, you know, making sure people get better. That's really all I care about. <laughs> That's my mission in this life is just, I just want to help as many people as possible, you know, on a really big grand, grand scale grand scheme of things and you know hopefully you know these podcasts are going out there the books I'm going to write get out there and you know just share like I'm such a share bear I want to share to help everyone because life is is or can be a struggle right so we need to support each other that is our natural um you know, that's our natural state. We're we're tribes people. And yet in today's modern society, we are so isolated. And the worst part is it's voluntary. You know, people stay at home, stuck at home on the computer, work too much, constantly feeling under a threat that they have to do things. And they're too busy doing. And then I say we're not human doings. We're human beings. How can we be? What, what, is your being like? What do you need? What makes you happy? You need to feed your soul some more of that. Feed more, you know. Because people, when they come to me, despite it being a medical or a health um, treatment, you know, it's nurturing the body. It's giving TLC self-care. And then you think, 
how many hours a week slash a month slash a year that you work and you put into giving, maybe, for example, to your work. But when you compare statistically to how much you give to yourself, it's very frightening. Maybe people give an hour a month, if lucky, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And I really want to encourage a philosophy that maybe hopefully from this vo um, this voice note, from this uh, podcast that can instill in your mind, just plant that seed. How can you give to yourself? Make time for yourself. Put it in your diary. You know, whether that's a bath, whether that's a run, whether it's a dinner, whether it's going out with friends, whether it's going to movies, whether it's going for a massage, whether it's going for a treatment. Like everything, sorry, to everyone their source of happiness is different their source of battery recharging is different but making the time for it is all the same and i think that's really really important because if you give to yourself your productivity will fly feeling drained will be reduced needing to run away from things you know like oh i gotta leave my job i gotta leave my partner i gotta <laughs> want to leave my kids you know all of that no just give to yourself And you'll be surprised at how much that already will change you and your health. You know, just loving and nurturing yourself. It's such a big theme. We all suffer from it, but we can also equally heal ourselves. And that's also a beautiful theme is that you are your own best healer, right? Practitioners like me, just helping you on the sidelines, just giving you a little nudge, giving you a little bit of guidance, but you do all the work. And therefore, you should enjoy all the reward, the rewards. Um, yeah, so just again, going back. So that's what Tibetan medicine, Tibetan medicine encompasses. It's very powerful, you know. And the best part about it all is that it's all natural. Things that, you know, we can fix, work together, improve. And there's no side effects because it's working with you and your body your mind and natural things from the earth that um, don't have negative side effects that would typically have, like you see in, with pharmaceuticals in Western medicine, or allopathic medicine. So, you know, when I remember when I went to America, been a few times, but, you know, one uh, specific moment I remember is I was in a hotel and I switched on the TV thinking like, oh, I wonder what American TV's like, you know. Um, and literally every five seconds there is a, pharmaceutical advert and at the end it's actually horrifying you could almost equate it to a horror movie when they say like if you take this you can have da -da 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 -da, and they fast forward it like three thousand times the speed because it's just not nice things to hear and then like and death boom next advert and you just think why would people take this like that's crazy <laughs> that's absolutely crazy you know They're selling it, but they're putting you off it at the same time. So it just doesn't make sense in my mind. Anyway, so that's absolutely exciting. So Tibetan medicine is the new one up and coming uh, to the clinic. And uh, maybe just to add it on the side note, because if you listen to this, you listen to this, right? You're going to listen to the whole thing, hopefully. But um, also recently have been introducing into the clinic um, IV drip therapy and certain uh, what we call intramuscular, so injections in the arm or the bum shots, um, which is basically being able to help you with hydration um, all the different shots for different reasons, you know, if you want to help improve any um, 
you know, conditions maybe have any things like cholesterol or maybe diabetes or maybe any cardiac or cardiovascular conditions or uh, diseases, maybe, for example, cancer. Um, you know, your immune system's low. You maybe have viruses in your body, whether it's parasites, even COVID. COVID at the moment is super, super um, active. It's spreading. When I was in the hospital the other day, um, one of the doctors said to me that this current COVID is the fastest spreading so far. And and just alone in this week, I know personally in the small town that I stay in, that about 10, well, maybe now 11 people just in this week alone have caught it in my circle. Um, so please be aware, please be alert, um, and please top up on the nutrition, right? Um, and equally, that's what I'm able to help and administer, right? So we have different injections for that, whether it's for energy, whether, you know, for some people about fat burning, getting things flowing in the body, maybe with brain fog, with dehydration, immune system building, um, for example, vitamin D is also a very, very powerful one because we, if you're based in the UK, you know, there's not a lot of sun, so we need that. That will affect our moods as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the new up and coming exciting things that are being introduced. Um, and I think that's about it because I think, no, I don't know the time that I've been talking and it's probably just because it feels like a cloud, but, um, I think I'll leave it on that note. So just today's, uh, in a, in a sense, summary, just to talk about the fascinating, uh, new modality that I've picked up and how powerful it is in, in a sense, in my opinion, how superior it is to, um, the other medicines out there in the world, because this is a hybrid um, modality uh, with something extra on top. So yeah, so maybe stay tuned for more and I'll start to release more about it. But in the up and coming uh, future podcast, uh, I've had a request, uh, well, actually a few, to discuss each episode about all the different therapies I do. So I'll start to uh, explain that because I think I do the weird and wonderful so it's not very common knowledge uh, so I'll be able to help with that and just give you the lowdowns the benefits the contraindications what it's all about why people do it and you know what um, how can it help you really um, and then I'll probably as well just as an extra thing to say what are quite complementary between uh, the things that I do because in a sense now a lot of the things I do are can be done in packages where you know one thing will help the next thing which helps the next thing da 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 and then you just leave like iron man when you go out the therapy room um and we'll take yeah so we'll do all of those uh and then what i'd like to do after that is um i've got i would say quite easy, useful, practical and understandable bite-sized episodes that I'm going to make about nutrition. You know, understanding what certain vitamins are, what they do, where you can get them from different foods, you know, about calories, what you have to look out for. Um, just understanding basic nutrition, I think will be very, very beneficial to those uh, out there because, you know, it's not, it should be common knowledge, but 
unfortunately it's not so hopefully i can set the benchmark and precedent and hopefully uh, <laughs> be able to get people out there knowing about these basic things um so you know how to make the right decisions for yourself or the educated decisions or if you're going to make the bad ones then you know you're being a bad girl or a bad boy right <laughs> so um and then equally once you do that then you know how to remedy it after so on the note I'm gonna love and leave you so thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to uh, maybe seeing you in clinic if you are interested to come in for a session or just either repeat or maybe ask about more questions about what I spoke about and we'll take it from there so have a good day night wherever you are in the world and I'll see you next week with the next podcast over and out this is the medical mindset coach Bye.